Welcome to the Highland Gospel Mission, a podcast to all nations. This week, Pastor Doug will be delivering a message from the book of Genesis, while Pastor Keith is on vacation. If you have a Bible, we encourage you to read along with us. Now, here's Pastor Doug to discuss the life of Joseph. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis 37. One thing that uh, uh, when I found out that I was going to be doing this, uh, one thing I always do is I pray over what uh, what uh, God wants me to share. Well, one thing is uh, that society has a huge issue with now is we live off emotions. Now, suppose anybody gets up here and... and uh, and gives you a message that God gave him. One of two things is going to happen, especially if it's a hard message. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you, and you're going to take it of one of two ways. I am offended of what the preacher said, or I'm convicted of what the preacher said. So one of two things is going to happen. You'll walk out of the room. Thank you for delivering the message that God gave you. Or... Preacher, I'm not happy with you. I'm not happy with what you said. What is that called? Hate speech. I just delivered a hate message in their sight. But is it? Your truth is not my truth. Just because you, the preacher stands up and says whatever he says doesn't mean that it's true. If it's in God's word, I give you the scripture. It's interpreted correctly. It's true. It's accurate. You make the choice on how you receive God's word. You make the choice on how you live off emotions. Last night I told I shared with Angela this morning a dream I had. And right now I'm doing uh, sidings, siding soffit windows in my house. And it's a long project. I have one side almost completely done. Last night I had a dream and she says... And I've tore vinyl siding off, and I started tearing uh, uh, masonite siding off, and some other siding. And she's like, well, why don't we just put vinyl siding up? I went off. I was not happy. I woke up from my dream ready to punch this girl in the face. (laughs) Because I was not happy. We've already purchased all the siding, all the windows, everything. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, well, why don't we just go get vinyl? No, I tore that junk off. Why, do you th- why would I ever want to put it back on? I'm putting on something better. Yeah, I wasn't happy. She walked away from that crying. Why? Because the manner I talked to her. She said I said that she was stupid. No, I asked her if she was stupid. So... Now, this was all dream. I would never say this in reality because I love my wife and I'd never want to hurt her feelings. But I did warn her, don't ask me to put vinyl back on our house. (laughs) So, but that was all based off raw emotion. Now, there's different types of emotion. Hate. There's happiness, joy. There's sadness. There's, there's so many different types of situations that can come up that will pull out emotion, but do we respond off of emotion or off of what we're responsible for? 
It shouldn't be off of emotion that we do or say things because it's going to get us in trouble. So the sermon today, and it's going to be, and I'll finish it up next week. But we're going to start in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 41. These are, the, these are the records of the generations of Jacob and jo Joseph. Uh, when, uh, when 17 years of age was, uh, was pasturing it, uh, the, the flock of, the, of his brothers while he was uh, still, still a youth, along with, uh, along with the sons of Bila and the sons of Zip, Zip, Zilpa. His names are fun his father's his father's wives and joseph brought back a bad report about uh about them and their father now it does not or to their father it does not say what the report was whether they got an argument out there or the boys were goofing off it doesn't say whether it was good or bad or they did anything right or wrong it doesn't say what it is there could have been a disagreement and joseph's a little upset with him and he goes back and he delivers a report to his dad and it's not a good report now uh, both both the two wives Zilpah and and Billa they both have two sons so there's five of them in the group now there's 12 sons uh, Joseph's brother remained back at the house because he's 11 years old at the moment Joseph is the second youngest who is 17 Reuben, who is the oldest, is 24, and he is more or less, from the evidence of what Scripture shows, he was making sure that the flocks were good and they were going back between the brothers. So in verse 3 it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than, than all his sons because he was the son of, uh, of his old age, and he made him a... Uh, a very colored uh, tunic his brothers saw that their father loved them more than all the other brothers and so they hated him and could not speak to him in a friendly on friendly terms all right now it is not Joseph's fault the relationship between the father and the son but because the father treated Joseph differently the brothers were jealous and hated Joseph for it. It wasn't Joseph's fault. It was the father's. See, they wanted the relationship. They were jealous of the relationship that they had, that Joseph and Jacob had, because they wanted that relationship. But they didn't have it. That's Jacob's fault, not Joseph's. But they put it off on Joseph. And they did not talk friendly to him because of a result of that so why was joseph the favorite well you would have to go back a little bit in uh, uh towards verse 29 or sorry not verse 29 chapter 29 uh what had happened is joseph left or jacob left uh left his family and went out to his uh his sister's brother's house so his uncle Laban he went and stayed with Laban he fell in love with his daughter Rachel she was the second oldest daughter to him so they made a deal 
I will work for Rachel for seven years for you. And he did. Well, when it came to wedding night, Laban took Rachel and hit her and locked her away. And Leah was given to, to Joseph. Joseph woke up the next morning and realized the deception. He was pretty upset and talked to Laban about it. And Laban says, well, it's not customary for us to give away the younger before the older. So just working for me another seven, <clears throat> seven years, and I'll give you Rachel. But, uh, you know, just let the, let the honeymoon time pass, and, you'll, and I'll give you Rachel, but you're going to work another seven years. Rachel was his favorite wife. Because of that, who do you think the sons were going to be? His favorite sons. Started off with Joseph being his favorite son. Now, you could go on a whole list of things on the reason why you shouldn't have more than one wife. But this point, it is not Jacob's fault that this happened. He only wanted Rachel. He didn't want Leah. But he was tricked. He was deceived. Sound familiar? Jacob tricked and deceived his dad and Esau. Now it's coming back on him. So he worked 14 years for uh, Rachel. Laban will tell you, you work seven years for Leah, you work seven years for Rachel. But really, he worked 14 years for Rachel. So why did Joseph have the many uh, coat? of colors well it represented his status in the family normally the firstborn would receive this coat but Reuben is the firstborn why don't he have the coat over in uh, over in chapter 35 verse 22 it says that uh, Reuben slept with Billa, Jacob's concubine, and he found out about it. That disqualified him for having that coat, for being a leader in that family. So why, did, why didn't it, the next first, there's four firstborns. The next woman to, have, to deliver a child was Rachel's, Rachel's servant, Billa, which was given to Jacob as a wife, and she had Dan. He, he's three years younger than, than uh, uh, Reuben, and he got passed over. The same, same deal with uh, Zilpha. She had a son, which was Le or, uh, Leah's uh, servant, and he was 19, and he was Gad. Why did those two get passed over and it go to Joseph? Because he's the, fir he's the first, he's the fourth firstborn son. What are the relationships? Well, the relationship with Jacob, they're all his wives. What's the relationship between the wives? Two of them are servants. So therefore, Leah and Rachel are the ones that count. So it went from Reuben, instead of going to Simeon, who was the next born to Leah, it went to Joseph because he's the firstborn. That's why he had to coat. It wasn't because he was a favorite. 
It's because he was the next in line for the inheritance. So his brothers didn't talk friendly with him. So in uh, chapter 37 of verse 5, it says, Then, then Joseph had a dream, and, uh, and, and when he told it to his brothers, uh, they hated him even more. He said to them, Please, please listen to this dream which I have, which I've had. So the first dream, he tells them, what did, he, what did they do? They hated him more. If you jump down to verse 8, he tells him another dream, and this is the, the response. Then his brother said to him, uh, are, are you actually uh, going to reign over us, or are you really going to uh, rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. So he says, hang on a second, I got another dream for you. You thought you'd like the first two? Uh, why don't you listen to this third one? So he tells his third one in the presence of his father as well. His father rebukes him. And in verse 11 it says, And his brothers were jealous of him, and, and, uh, and his fathers kept the saying in his mind. Why did his father, his, his brothers were not happy with him. But his, father's rebu his father rebuked him, but he kept this stuff. He's like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen here. I wonder what God's going to do here. He's given him three dreams. So God's going to do something. What is it? So he didn't just dismiss it. But he pondered on it. For one, he's already going to have the inheritance of the family because of the coat that he's wearing, the authority that he has. So it's not far-fetched from Joseph to see this, but his brothers who are older than him, they have a huge issue with this. Now I want to give you a little tidbit of, of advice. When you have people who are not Christians or who dislike you, it's hard to give them the truth and them accept it. Because if you give them the truth and they don't like you, it's not going to go well for you. They're not going to have kind words to say, just like they didn't to Joseph. It doesn't matter what you do or say. If God gives you a vision some people you're not to share it with if Joseph would have left it alone and allowed it to be fulfilled his brother's hate wouldn't have grew the jealousy wouldn't have grew now hate one thing with that is if it keeps building somewhere along the line it's going to act out Depending on how big it is depends on how severe it's going to be. So his father went and told J or Joseph to go check on his brothers. His brothers went out to a particular area, his father told him to, and uh, he sent Joseph out to go see him, check on him. So he got there, they're gone, nowhere to be found. He inquired about where they were at. And some of the people said, well, we've seen them heading off that way. So that's where they went, where he went. So in uh, verse 18 of chapter 37, it says, When they saw him, 
in a distance, and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, Here comes that dreamer. Now, now then, come and let us kill him and throw him in, into one of the pits, and, uh, and, we will, and we will say, A wild beast devoured him. Then let's see what becomes of his dreams. That is an evil plot straight from hell. See, God has a plan for this boy. He already given him three dreams. And he was hated for it because he shared them with the wrong people. So the emotion that's building up in these, boy, these brothers of his is not a very pleasant thing. See, he shared stuff with them. Uh, we, we've heard, don't cast pearls before swine. Let me tell you, he was handing them out. Here's some for you, here's some for you, and it got trampled on. Now they hate this boy so much that they're willing to kill him. Their own brother. They're willing to kill him. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, Let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, uh, Shed no blood. Throw him into the pit uh, in, in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him, that, uh, that he might rescue him out of their hands and restore him to the father. So it came about that Joseph uh, reached his brothers, and they stripped him out of, the, out of his tunic, the very colored tunic that that was on him and they took him and they threw him into the pit now they uh now the pit was empty without water in it then they sat down and ate a meal and they said and and they raised their eyes and they looked and behold the caravan of ishmaelites coming out of galid and and their camels were were uh bearing uh aromic gum aromic gum and uh balm and myrrh and other uh, and and they're are on their way uh, to bring them down to Egypt. Now they grabbed hold of him. They stripped him of his coat. They stripped him of his authority. So they thought. They tossed him in the pit. And and uh, Reuben, who convinced him not to kill him, he's the only one. It doesn't say that he liked him because it said the brothers disliked him. They all hated him. The only one that probably didn't hate him was Benjamin. But the rest, not happy with him. But Reuben at least seen reason not to kill the boy, send him back to his father. That was his intent. But the rest, they were ready to slay him. So they stripped him, they threw him into the tent or into the pit. They sat down and ate a meal. It doesn't say started to eat a meal and then the Ishmaelites come up. It says they ate a meal. So why they are sitting there eating their meal, they are listening to their brother in the pit pleading with them. What kind of hate drives a person to be able to sit there and listen to someone in the pit saying the things that he was saying and pleading with them and them just dismiss it and comfortably eat their meal. 
Don't ever let hate go that far. Don't ever have hate like that. Of course there's things you can hate. Of course there's things you don't want to like. But there's a way and a manner to act accordingly. Just because I'm not happy with the Democrat and Republican Party don't mean that I hate Democrats and Republicans. No, I hate the things that they're doing to our country. But I don't hate the people. I hate the sin that they're committing. But I don't hate the people. That's why we're to pray for them. So in verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it uh, for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? And in root, or, uh, Judah is the fourth born to Leah. And uh, he is 21 of age. All these boys are roughly around the same age. The only one that's furthest away is Benjamin. Benjamin's 11. Joseph, the second youngest, is 17. And it goes from there all the way up to 24. All these brothers are the same age, roundabouts. And in verse 20, 28, it says, Then the Midianite traders passed by, and they pulled, uh, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they bought Joseph into, brought Joseph into Egypt. Uh, now Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, so he tore his garments, and he turned to his brothers and said, The boy is, is not there. As for me, where am I to go? So Reuben is not present. It doesn't necessarily say which brothers are present. You know Judah is present because he's the one that come up with the idea, Hey, let's sell our brother. We don't need to kill him. Let's make a profit off of him, and we get him out of our hair. So that's what they do. They sell, an, they, they sell a free man as a slave. The only fault that Joseph has in any of this is he's immature. But no more immature than the rest of his brothers that are a part of this whole deal. But yet they act out on their emotions and not out on our responsibilities. See, we are our brother's keeper. Why would we ever want to hurt him? So, they shouldn't have did what they did, but they did. Reuben comes back because now it's an opportune time. None of the brothers are over in that area. I'm going to pull him out, and I'm going to send him home to his dad. That was his whole plan from the start when they found out we're going to kill him. That was his plan from the start. I'm going to, I'm going to send him home to his dad. 
few scrapes, few bruises, at least he's got his life. He come back and that boy wasn't there. He thought for sure that they had killed him. And his response is, where am I to go? I can't go home. I can't look dad in the eye. Why did Reuben take it such a responsibility to be over his brother when it was his brother, Joseph, that was going to be the inheritor of the family? Even though he lost the, the uh, status of where Joseph is, he still had responsibilities. He still did the work that he, that the, he was supposed to do. So he looked after his brother. And in chapter 37, verse 32... And they went to, uh, uh, and they sent the very colored tunic. Sorry, I guess before we do, or I go here. After Reuben has said this, they told Jacob, or sorry, they told Reuben what had, uh, what they had done. And they said, and this is what we're going to do. So we're going to rip this tunic up. We're going to take one of our father's lambs and we're going to sacrifice it. And we're going to dump it all, the blood all over the tunic so it's going to look like he's been devoured by a beast so you know and we'll give it to our father and then uh and we'll go from there so you won't have to go anywhere reuben you can stay with us and we'll all be good you know and oh yeah by the way here's your share we sold him for this much here's your share so in verse 32 and they sent uh, the very colored tunic and and brought it uh, to their father and said we found this please examine to see whether this is your son's tunic or not now this is cold man this is cold-hearted they know they know for a fact even if even if joseph was devoured by an animal they know that this is joseph's coat even then they would have known that that was joseph's coat they is cold-hearted to come up and deliver that to the father and say why don't you examine this and tell me if this is joseph's tunic and uh and you take it from there and in verse 33 it says then he examined it and said it is my son's tunic a wild beast has devoured him joseph said surely uh, uh, ben, Joseph surely has been torn to pieces so Jacob tore his clothes and, and put sackcloth sack on his uh, loins and, and mourned for his son many days alright there's a period of mourning Jacob when he's seen the tunic and he's seen that it was Joseph's he mourned for many days. It doesn't tell you how long. But at the end of this verse we're going to get ready to get to, it's going to tell you how long he was going to mourn. So it gets past the time of, of when, you, when you move on and you're not mourning for him anymore. So in verse 35, it says, Then all, all his sons and his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused and, uh, to be comforted, comforted 
And he said, Surely I will go down to uh, Shiloh uh, in, in mourning uh, for my son. So his father wept for him. What that means is I'm going to mourn for him for the rest of my life. Them boys did not realize the impact it was going to have on their father. The thing that they thought of, we're going to get this guy out of our hair. He annoys us. None of us like him. So we're just going to get rid of him. He's no longer going to be around. He's no longer going to be a thorn on our side. And we're going to be done with him. They didn't realize the impact it was going to have on the rest of the family. Especially the father. So in verse 36 of chapter 37, it says, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold uh, Joseph into Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, and uh, the captain of the bodyguard. And it came about at that time that Judah uh, departed from the brothers and visited a certain uh, Adulamite whose name was uh, Hira. All right. So Reuben said, where am I to go? As if he was going to leave. But here you find out that Judah left. But it also tells you where uh, Joseph was sold into. The captain of the bodyguard of Pharaoh. See, he wasn't just sold to anybody. He was sold to somebody that was really close to Pharaoh. You kind of go through this, and where's God's hand in it? For one, he showed him the dream. He gave him dreams. This is what's going to happen. Then he was protected when he went to go find his brothers by Reuben. Because God put it in his heart, Reuben. Don't allow him to kill that boy. Reuben's intent was to send him back home. Reuben tore his clothes because he thought the worst. They went back and then they caused their father that heartache. I wonder how many pieces of silver they would have went if they could have and bought Joseph back. So Judah, who came up with the plan, it was he who left. Why did Judah leave? Because it was his idea to do the things that they did. That's the guilt you don't want. We're going to have people in our lives, even family members, that cause us grief, cause us heartache. You're still responsible on how you act and what you say. If you are a child of God, what right do you have to judge in the manner that they did? You don't. Not a single one of us do. But yet they took it upon themselves more or less to cripple their father. They unintentionally did that, but because of what they did, that's what it had, that was the result of it. 
See, the things that we say and the things that we do have a tremendous impact on the things around us. And they impact the people that are around us. That's why it's so important for us to conduct ourselves in a manner that God has called us to. Some of us are faithful in it. Some of us, not so much. You're going to live one of two ways. You're going to live in the flesh or you're going to live in the spirit. You choose which way you decide to live. Because of that choice, others are impacted by it. Your children are. Your significant others are. Your co-workers are. The people you work with or work for are. The people you drive in traffic with. The people you talk to at the job sites, at, at wherever. Those that you come in contact with, you have an impact on. Whether good or bad, you have an impact. If you were to go through chapter 38, and I'm just going to briefly hit on it, Judah. He didn't have a family. He wasn't married. But in chapter 38, he gets married, has three sons. His sons get old enough, and one marries, and he wasn't a very good guy. He died. So he told his younger brother, or his the second oldest son, says, hey, take your brother's wife, give him a child, and it's going to be your, your brother's child. So he wasn't happy about that. So... He did something, and God wasn't pleased with that, and he lost two sons. Now he knows where his father Jacob feels. He was supposed to give Tamar or to his third son, but he refused. Tamar didn't do anything wrong, but Judah didn't want the same thing to happen to her or him. So... He sent her back to his father's house, wait till he gets old enough, and uh, and then I'll give him to you. Time passes where she should have already been given to him, but uh, he still didn't do it. So she concocted a plan, and her plan worked. And a result, she and uh, she and Judah had twins. Go read that chapter. <laughs> Over in uh, chapter 39, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, uh, so, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master of, of uh, uh, the, sorry, he was in his house, master, the Egyptian. Now the master saw that the Lord was with, with him, and how the Lord uh, caused all that he did to prosper in the land. So Joseph found favor in the sight and, be, and uh, became his personal servant and made him overseer over his house and all that, uh, all that he owned and put, uh, put in charge. It, uh, it came about that from that time made him overseer of the house and over all that he owned. Uh, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord blessed, uh, blessing was upon all that 
that he owned and the house and the field. So he left everything uh, he owned in Joseph's charge and with with him uh, here he did not uh, concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was uh, was handsome in, in form and appearance. Alright, so Joseph was sold to Potiphar. Potiphar gave him a job. That job, Joseph prospered in. And anything that resulted in that job prospered. So when he seen that, he gave him more things charge of more things and then more things and then more things and everything that Joseph had his hands on prospered even though Joseph is in slavery even though that his circumstances look hopeless other than I'm going to be this guy's slave for the rest of my life regardless he was faithful to God so far, Joseph hasn't done anything wrong. But he's obedient. Whether it was for his father or whether it was for Potiphar, he's obedient. He's not happy with his circumstance by no means. We'll find that out later. Not happy with it. So, so he, had, he was in charge. He was, he was top dog in that house. There was nothing that was held from him except Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife took notice of him. And she propositioned him and he said no. And this is the reason why I can't do that. And why it, he said Potiphar gave me charge of everything except for you. And why would I sin against God? Primary. Why would I sin against God? It's one thing that I'd wrong Potiphar, but it's another thing that I'd do anything against God. Even though he's in another country, God was still with him. He trusted him. Regardless of his circumstance, he was faithful. One particular day, Potiphar's wife kicked all the servants out of the house. All the servants already heard all this buildup to this point. They know what's going to happen when she kicked them all out. Is it going to be today? Well, here Joseph comes in. No servants are about. Where's everybody at? They're supposed to be in here doing stuff. She grabs a hold of his cloak. You're going to come lie with me. There is no option. Well, he ran out of his coat. Whatever he had on under that, that's what he left with. So now here she has the coat in hand, and Potiphar's going to be home eventually. Joseph's not coming back. So she sat it down there. Servants came in. She says, all right, guys, this is the story, and this is what's going to be... He came in here, propositioned me. I know what you've heard throughout all this time, but he propositioned me, and he tried to violate me. That's the story. So their servants, what are they going to say? So they came in, Potiphar came in, and uh, in verse uh, 
uh, chapter 39 and verse 19 it says now when the uh, when the manner or when the master heard the words of his wife which uh, which she spoke to him saying this is uh, what your slave did to me his anger burned so Joseph's master took him and put him in jail in the place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there uh there in jail but uh but the lord was with joseph and uh and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in in the sight of the chief jailer and the chief jailer committed uh, to Joseph the charge of the prisoners who were in jail so that whatever was done there he was responsible for it uh, the chief jailer did not uh, supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did the Lord made prosper Joseph was Joseph was in his 20s when he was thrown in prison well, his mid-twenties when he was thrown in prison. Seventeen when he was sold into slavery. He is mid-twenties. So he spent a long time in Potiphar's house. And in that time, God blessed him, and not only him, but Potiphar and his household. Now, Joseph is removed from Potiphar's household and he's placed in prison do you think the blessing stayed at Potiphar's household or it went with Joseph Potiphar wasn't the one that was faithful it was Joseph blessing went with him regardless of the circumstance of what Joseph was in God even showed him favor there God showed Joseph even though you're a slave and now you're a prisoner. I'm still with you. I'm still going to take care of you. And I'm still going to take you where you need to be. He's mid-twenties. He's already been a slave roughly nine, ten years. And now he's in prison? It's like if you, if you look at it on paper, it goes from bad to worse. Because at least he had freedoms outside of prison. Now he's confined in this cage. He can't go outside this cage. When before, he was in and out of the house, going to the market, going to the fields. Freedom as a slave. He couldn't go out of Egypt, but at least he had somewhat of freedom. After a period of time, two individuals were thrown in to prison with him. And uh, it, was a, it was a baker and the cupbearer, the butler. And each one of them had a dream, and they, they were kind of distraught about it and didn't know what it meant. So Joseph says, why don't you tell me your dreams? And the butler told him his dream. And... He interpreted, Joseph interpreted what the dream said. And Joseph said in chapter 40 of verse 14, Only keep me in mind when, 
when it goes well with you uh, and and please do not uh, and do do me the kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house now in verse 15 Joseph is getting ready to tell you what he thinks about his whole situation for I was in fact kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews and even here I am uh, I have done nothing that they should have put me into this dungeon by all accounts he's accurate was he kidnapped he's a free man yes he was kidnapped even though his brothers got money for it he was kidnapped and he was taken to a place that he didn't want to go he was faithful to Potiphar even though he shouldn't have been there he was still faithful to Potiphar and yet he was thrown into prison because of that woman's lie but God protected him because he could have been killed and in verse 21 it says he restored the chief cup uh, cupbearer uh, to his office uh, I guess I uh, better tell you about the other guy the other guy gave his dream Joseph said yeah you're not gonna make it so on his on Pharaoh's birthday he had a he had a party and this was a result and he restored the chief cupbearer to his office and he put the cupbearer into Pharaoh's hand but uh, he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had interpreted uh, to them yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph uh, but forgot him now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream and behold he was standing by the Nile alright so two full years passes what's going on jo Joseph's mind it doesn't say but it did say that the cupbearer forgot him was it intentional well the cupbearer was just thrown in prison he'd just seen the chief baker hanged so he's not going to say a whole lot to, the, to Pharaoh at this moment time passes by day after day and it's put to the back of his mind at this point so now two years goes by he has a dream and Pharaoh asks anybody know the interpretation of this dream nobody can give him the interpretation and then all of a sudden a bell light goes off and he's like oh yeah hey Pharaoh remember when me and the me and the baker upset you and you sent us to prison well we had a dream and my dream was this and I was restored just like he said and then the chief baker his dream was this and he was hanged just like Joseph had said he's in your prison he can interpret your dream so in uh, so in verse uh, 15 of 41 Pharaoh said to Joseph I have had a dream but uh, no one can interpret interpret it I have heard uh, I have heard it said about you <clears throat> that when you hear a dream you can interpret it Joseph's response 
Joseph then answered Pharaoh and saying, It is not me. God will give you give Pharaoh a uh, favorable answer. So Joseph don't take credit for the result of the dream for an interpretation he didn't take credit with the cupbearer he didn't take credit with the chief baker he just told them the interpretation of their dream now Joseph years before I wonder if he was able to interpret those dreams because it really doesn't say but it's kind of self-explanatory in those dreams I wonder what he thinks about those with his lot in life at this point. Pharaoh, after Joseph said all of this, Joseph gave him some advice, and Pharaoh put Joseph in charge. He was second in command in a foreign country. Now, you're going to find out next week, which I'm going to end up telling you now, the Egyptians do not like Jews. Why? I'll tell you that next week. The Egyptians don't like Jews, but yet he is second in command. It's interesting. Because of the circumstance, when you look at it on paper, Joseph is, Joseph is a victim. He was enslaved. He was imprisoned. All because of hatred, because of greed, because of lies. But yet on Joseph's side, I was faithful to my father. I did what he said. I was faithful to Potiphar. I did what he said. I was faithful to the jailer because I did what he said. Let me ask you this. Was it really to the father that he was faithful to? Was it really to Potiphar? Was it really to the chief jailer? Or was it to God? See, I don't care what your circumstance is. I don't care what your lot in life is. But I know walking alone isn't helping your cause any. Walking with God in obedience, He's the one that's going to make a tremendous impact on that outcome when you're faithful. He seeks you out. Has He found you? Are you His? Have you put your trust in Him? Amen. Thank you, Brother Doug. And for those listening on the podcast, I want to offer that same opportunity to you to come to the Lord. If you've never placed your trust in Jesus, now is the time to do so. By default, we are all sinners separated from God, and there is nothing we can do on our own to fix that. That's why God sent His only Son, Jesus, to come live a life without sin. He was put to death on a cross as a perfect sacrifice for that sin. And to seal the deal, he came back from the dead three days later. If you truly believe that and ask him into your heart, you will be saved. If you're already a believer, 
This is a great opportunity to recenter your life in Christ. Take these next few minutes in prayer, and I'll be praying for you as well. Thanks again for listening. If you have questions about becoming a Christian, discipleship, or if you have prayer requests, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash Highland Southern BC. Have a blessed week and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Highland Gospel Mission was produced by Zach Link with preaching by Keith Barron. Music provided by Pixabay under Creative Commons.